the human mind does not have in its DNA a self-destructive pattern. It's the opposite because it's made according to a divine principle, which is self-preservation and self-evolution, thriving. That's the DNA. That's the original human DNA. So if something is telling you to self-destruct, it didn't come from your original essence. It's yeah. as simple as that. It's an entity that's floating around in your space. Mm -hmm. Just like the solar flares touch, affect your brains, they are, they are messing with the energy. They're sending you the signals through the magnetic field into your brain channels. Right now on Higher Journeys with Alexis Brooks. Well, hello there, journeyers. Welcome back to Higher Journeys. And of course, if it's your first time here, we welcome you. I am always tickled pink <laughs> when I have a dear friend on, and I do consider Ms. Caroline Corey, uh, extraordinaire filmmaker, one of those individuals. And she is back to talk about something a little bit different. We're, of course, going to be talking about her landmark latest film, A Terror in the Sky, toward the end of the show. But today I want to talk about something that Caroline kind of put up on Facebook oh, about a week or so ago, uh, having to do with uh, very, let's just call it noisy solar activity. I know a lot of you in the audience are familiar with coronal mass ejections, solar activity, geomagnetic storms, and how they may affect us, the collective, and as individuals. But particularly, Caroline, what I'd like to talk about today is how what we call now sensitives, uh, otherwise known as empaths, may be faring through all of this um, noisy, shall we say, geomagnetic uh, activity. So I'm, Caroline, first, let me welcome you. You know, she's on all the time. So we just get into the conversation. But let me formally welcome you back to Higher Journeys. Thank you, my dear, for joining us. Hey, Alex. Thanks so much for having me. It's always fun to, to be on your show and talk about these things. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing. Uh, you have to realize or remember that the solar flares, the solar activity affects the magnetic field of the planet. So the magnetic field obviously is wrapped around uh, the planet and we are inside that web, if you will. And our brain channels are actually connected, they're entangled with this web around us. And it's all magnetism, you know, it's all electromagnetism. And so people who are very expanded have a kind of a wider range of magnetic uh, field uh, and their brain channels reach actually higher. So higher and bigger. And so what, what this means is that if I am evolved and I'm sensitive, my brain channels are going to pretty much be able to tap into the larger magnetic field of the planet. So in other words, I'm getting more um, kind of connected. I'm, I'm getting more of the effect of that interference with the solar flares. So because we're talking about brain channels, then my physical brain is going to, it's, it's, it's as if somebody's like, you know, moving you around. And mm -hmm. so that's why it creates sometimes pressure, meaning strange headaches and weird places that you normally, you wouldn't have. Absolutely. Um, or especially dizziness. I mean, I had, and it can just hit you all of a sudden. 
I mean, I have so many friends who tell me I was, I was doing fine. And all of a sudden, boom, I, I was like, I couldn't even stand up. What is that about? And of course, you know, people get checked out and there's nothing wrong. So that's what happens. And it's very uh, confusing because like what's going on? You, exactly. know? You, don't, you don't see a cause and effect. Well, this is what I want. I'm going to actually quote you because this is, again, what caught my attention journey or she had put up a, an announcement. Basically, the, I think it was a Newsweek article that came out just a couple of weeks ago and you put something up uh, relative to that. And I'll quote you. You said, have you been feeling dizzy or having strange headaches and strong confusion slash brain fog lately? This is typically due to strong solar flares hitting the earth and affecting the magnetic field, which then interferes with our brain channels especially for those who are sensitive and feeling the, quote, collective. Check out this information on geomagnetic storms for the month of July. The 23rd of July, there was another big one I can say now, past tense. So for those who need it, intend for extra shielding to alleviate your symptoms. I want to get into that. So we're talking, obviously, we're now, we're recording this on August 1st. So this was a few days ago. But here's the deal, Caroline. I'm going to speak for myself and maybe get your way in, because I know a lot of the journeys are, have been having this as well sustained ear buzzing. I call it, I used to call it white noise. I'm now calling it ear buzzing. Um, the dizziness, the vertigo, uh, along with strange dreams. Yes. And I also want to get into heightened paranormal activity. I don't want you to tackle all of that now, but I just thought I'd throw the kitchen sink at you. There's a lot going on. Why? And, and, and maybe even when we're not, um, noisy, um, uh, in terms of the solar flares, you know, there, it may not be, uh, for instance, we just had this on the 23rd, but I'll give you an example. Today, my ears are screaming, guys, every other day for me, interestingly. Can you speak to that? This has been going on. People have been talking about this for a couple of years, a few years, actually. Yeah, different people feel it differently. And so I have, I have friends who tell me it's mostly in their ears. Uh, it's muffled ears and sometimes it's horrible ringing in the ears. And so, and different people feel it as dizziness, uh, so a little bit of nausea because, you know, the, it's the same center in the brain. It's kind of like being on a boat, you know, so, so it's that same feeling. And, and some people uh, experience it more as headaches. So, so it's kind of all related to the same thing. It's just that different people have, are affected slightly differently depending on, you know, their constitution. So for me, for example, sometimes it just, my ears get muffled all of a sudden, but then it fades after, after a day and, it, and, you know, but the dizziness, for example, could last for like three days, you know. And so, so, but somebody else, it's it's the ears that would last for three days. So each person has a different makeup, physiological makeup, and will then attract the symptoms that are that is more kind of particular to them. But they're all related to the same phenomenon. So again, it's the same thing. What I was saying is that we are an electrical magnetic field. We are, uh, you know, we, we are receiving magnetic signals and emitting signals. And so, I mean, that's a fact, you know, I didn't, you can research it. It's been shown and proven to be true. And so when you have magnetism that's all messed up around you, the part of your body that is maybe the most, um, vulnerable, I want to say, is going to be the most targeted. 
And, and that's why the symptoms are slightly different. Say, if you would elaborate on that, say that again, the part, if you would repeat that, because I want to really understand what you're saying, the part of your body that's more vulnerable. Yes. Yes. So, so for, for example, how come some people have digestive problems? Some people have headaches, you know, some people have, I don't know, muscular things or connective tissue like arthritis and things like that. Why don't we all have the exact same problems? Mm-hmm. I mean, ailment at the same time. It's because at that time, I, for example, my, my uh, food intake or my, my nutrition is not great. And so, you know, with, with years, with time, my digestive system is going to be more vulnerable than, let's say, my brain. Other people have headaches, you know, um, migraine headaches, chronic migraine headaches, but don't have digestive problems, chronic digestive. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so we all have a different makeup and different predisposition to certain uh, vulnerable states. Well, speaking of predisposition, we're focusing, Caroline, um, it's certainly not precluding those that may not consider themselves empathic, but particularly for those, I know a lot in our audience consider themselves to be very uh, spiritually inclined, and oftentimes that will come with an ultra sensitivity to a lot of things, uh, noise, colors, um, and now we're dealing with this bombardment, it seems, of um, not just solar activity. There's a lot going on. But let's yes. focus on the empaths for a, a bit. You you touched on it in the beginning of the show. Why Can you go a little deeper into why empathic people, these are people that you would think are, this is more of a psychological makeup, and I, and yet it's deeper than that. But why would we be more susceptible to more pronounced symptoms than someone that's not? Yeah, again, it's because you are so expanded. I mean, when you do a meditation and you expand yourself, what is it that you're expanding? You're expanding your field. So, for example, psychics or, you know, intuitive or people who do remote viewing, for example, they are tapping into information that is remote or are you communicating, you know, with another entity or whatever. So, so it's because you are expanding the spectrum, you know, that you can reach, you know, whether it's a visual or auditory or sense, you know, just your, your senses altogether, instead of just being confined to the 3d spectrum, mm-hmm. you've now expanded through meditation and through your practices, you've expanded your ability to reach for information. So it's not just psychological, it's actually physiological because we don't, it's the part of the physiology we don't see, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the energy field. So for example, when I'm expanded, my energy field is literally covering the entire galaxy. Think about Mm -hmm. that. So then when, and my brain channels are reaching the center of the galaxy, for example, so then when you ask me, can you channel an, an entity that's on the Pleiades? Now I can, because I'm in that state of consciousness where my energy field and my brain channels are reaching that far. So again, because we don't see it, like we don't see things, we don't see cables. That's right. <laughs> you know, wow, we don't see it. So we yeah. think like, oh, we just feel relaxed and expanded. But actually you are. Your consciousness is not confined to your body. And it's actually all the way in space. And what is in space is more magnetism, is more, you know, things moving around. 
So that's why it, it gets affected by, you know, the stars. Um, you know, of course, uh, we talk about alignment, astronomical alignment, you know, sol solar flares is just part of mm. all of that, except that the flares, I mean, are, are kind of sudden, you know, the, the sun is spitting out uh, this strong energy. And so it's kind of like it's hitting you and then it's, it makes you wobbly. You know, if, if your energy field is, is supposed to be stable and somebody just like throws something at you. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that's the reason why sensitives, are, you know, folks are the most they can feel it because they're everywhere. Their mm -hmm. consciousness is everywhere. Absolutely. See. Absolutely. Having said that, the, not just the natural phenomena, you know. So, so for example, I mean, uh, in addition that's the problem is that in addition to uh, the, the natural phenomena, phenomena such as astronomical events and solar flares, you now have, for example, the chemtrails and the bombardment of frequency through AI. And so that, that's another problem. Sometimes, and these are the ones that affect most the ears because the spectrum is closer to the hearing range so I'm telling you, sometimes I can literally see, you know, the, the, the vibration of the, like the 5G or whatever. There's a lot more than 5G, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Then sometimes you're, you know, the uh, intersection, interaction of all of these frequencies are going into the field, you know? And so if your field is very expanded, then you're going to feel it a you're lot susceptible. worse. Absolutely. Okay. Now, now we're getting down to brass tacks, guys. We're going to be somewhat careful because of the venue that we're on, but we're going to say what we need to say. This is, let's get to the heart of the matter. You know, as my audience and I have been off and on for the last two and a half or so years talking about this, because I'll tell you the, the buzzing, the white noise in the ears started for me back in February of 2020 out of the blue. I had just come back from Australia lecturing over there and um, out of the blue. I, I, it, you know, I remember standing in my kitchen going, what is that noise? And it's not tinnitus. It's a different sensation. And having done a little bit of research, I'm not adept at it, but knowing that we are undoubtedly being bombarded by all of these different frequencies, uh, technologies, artificial intelligence increasing by the day, all of these synthetic interceptions, we'll call them, in addition to uh, the planet doing what it's doing, the solar system doing what it's doing, oh my God, now we can see how the, the, these symptoms can be sustained. Because like I said, it's not just July 21st, <laughs> this most recent, what they're calling um, the full halo, I think is what they called it, uh, CME, coronal mass ejection. But it's, for me, every other day. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if it's not solar flare or some other, that's why I'm, I started to mention these things. So for example, for me, the chemtrails, you know, I can literally like, it feels so heavy. Mm. I feel like a total brain fog. And also when it's acting on your brain, it starts to affect your emotional system. Of course. So, so how many people suddenly out of the blue, feel horribly depressed mm -hmm. and sad and nothing happened specifically but all of a sudden it's that feeling of being very heavy not wanting to do anything and also it could get to a point where 
it's like uh, I don't care what happens anymore. Uh, I'm done with this reality. You know, like really a sense of you can't take this anymore. You know, and and uh, so I know a lot of people who get to that state mm -hmm. during those times, and then literally as soon as the sky clears out, clears up, you're like, ah, oh, you can breathe again, and you feel normal again. I mean, literally in that moment. Yeah. So that's kind of strange. You can't tell me this is, uh, you know, coincidence. No, it's so, absolutely not. Yeah, absolutely not. No. And so, so that's why for you, for example, and those who, and I'm one of them, by the way, nobody, the fact that, you know, you're conscious of these things doesn't mean you're immune. It just means you can deal with them better because we can share a few tools at the end. Um, I you want know. to absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, for example, for you, one day you're gonna you're gonna be hit by the solar flares, and then the next day it's you know usually the solar flares is over a few days anyway in terms of effect, but then you're gonna have this AI frequency stuff bombard you, and then it's something else, and then it's something else. Yeah, it's intensified That's, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Really, really. The comment that you made about a lot of individuals are kind of feeling like ready to check out of this reality. I heard, I think it was Regina Meredith from Gaia uh, had a show. Uh, I don't know if it was on the main show or maybe on a part of her uh, membership. In any case, I heard her having the discussion about she was talking to some friends of hers who were very spiritually inclined, typically very upbeat and feeling yeah. very despondent to yeah. the extent of I'm, I want to get out of here, not truly, truly trying yeah. to do it, but feeling hopeless. And yeah. look, we, we know guys with all that's gone on, there's lots of reasons to um, maybe want to throw in the towel every now and again in the last couple of years, but you make a very good point. There's something in the atmosphere yeah. coupled with our own sensitivity, coupled with our own bioelectric field that is clearly responding to something that our bodies are not prepared for. If you're enjoying this episode, along with all of the subjects that we cover here on Higher Journeys, then I invite you to join our members-only community on Patreon, where we go even deeper into the conversations with the guests that you know and love. Not only does your membership ensure that we can keep this work going and growing, but you'll also get immediate access to our exclusive after shows. Get up close and personal with the guests of the show, along with many other member perks. So click on the link below to join now or visit higherjourneys.com where you'll find the Patreon link. We'll see you on the journey. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, and that that's the thing. That's why we should be talking about this because uh, you know, if you're not clear on, on the root cause of what it is that that's happening to you, then you can go in that circle, like, oh my God, I'm depressed and what's going on. And then you start to think that you are depressed, which you are, but the root cause is not because something's wrong with you is because you're tapping your, your, you know, feeling all this collective energy and all this collective stuff that's happening on that day. And so that's the reason why it, it's good to kind of be reminded of these things. Uh, you, you know, one of the, the kind of uh, cue, if you will, like, you know, that's so obvious is when these things come on suddenly, when everything is fine and then you just wake up out of the blue uh, feeling horribly depressed to the point of not wanting to do anything with your life anymore not caring so so then you know if you have been gradually 
coming to that point is one thing, but when it hits you suddenly, that is your cue that there's something wrong, that, that it kind of comes from another place. Um, and so, so most of the time it is the collective, like I said, sometimes it's AI, sometimes those frequency being bombarded with those frequencies into your brain. And sometimes it's interference, you know, these are attachments, but they kind of all go together. And so, so that's kind of, um, you know, the, the problem. They all go together. And I think it's, you know, people have a tendency to want to assign blame or the cause as being one thing when it's a multitude of things. Um, bombardment is definitely an understatement. Well, I, I want to, there's several areas I want to touch on, but I think right now let's touch on um, how we might mitigate some of these effects. Now, as you mentioned, the first is to be aware of what's going on and how it's happening and why it's happening. If nothing else, just to calm you down psychologically, because it can just, just the, you know, people are running to the doctor and invariably they're finding nothing uh, most of the time. And, um, but so we know that we, we, now we have the framework for here's what's going on, but are there other action steps that we can take even beyond meditation, which I absolutely advocate, but what are some of the things that you might, uh, suggest people can physically do? Yeah. And, uh, also another symptom we didn't talk about that, uh, happens to me quite often and to, to other people is heart palpitation mm -hmm. or right. tightness in the chest. Cause like, oh my, what's happening? Cause it's the heart and what's going on. And so, so that's a, that's another thing that gets scary. So that's the idea is to, first of all, rule out, it's not you, you know, but you can do that very quickly. I mean, you can get checked out or something just to make sure. Um, and also, you know, did, did, is there any reason for you to all of a sudden have these things, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's that. Well, once you've done that, you know, the first thing that I recommend, uh, like I just said earlier, is to be aware that uh, it has nothing to do with you. you. You know, when it comes on suddenly, that tells you there's something wrong. I notice that what helps a lot is to do to lie down, like to not move because it's almost like somebody's moving you. You know, somebody's mm -hmm. like messing with your energy. So if you're trying, like, let's say, if you work out or if you take a walk, you know, it, you're kind of like adding to the imbalance and to, to the stress. So I feel like if you were lying down, it's almost like this stuff kind of goes through you and past you much faster. So if you have the ability to just kind of stop what you're doing physically, uh, that that's helpful. The second thing, of course, it, when you are in, in this space is just to meditate and to try to get it past you very, very quickly. You know, again, it doesn't mean you're absorbing it. It just means that whatever is happening in my field, I just want it to kind of brush off and go away, you know, kind of in an uh, effortless way, mm -hmm. but also, uh, you know, shield <laughs> as much as you can. So of course, um, you know, you can just visualize a bubble around you that the stuff, whatever's coming in is bouncing off of the bubble. You know, I have this meditation on my website, connecting mm -hmm. to source, it's free. You know, people can do that. And it's, uh, you know, again, it's uh, creating this, this alignment that helps you raise your vibration. But the biggest thing is your mental state, is to really um, realize that 
it's not you it's just part of what's happening and it's going to pass it is going to pass and to just sit with that intention in your heart that allow it to pass very quickly and for you to return to balance and just kind of keep saying these things will comfort you mm -hmm. as opposed to throw you into a loop like oh my god what's happening right. which would certainly exacerbate the symptoms i would imagine well it's interesting you should mention intention intending yeah uh, that you're you're going to get through this and and come out of the other end whole and healthy um, Lynn McTaggart, I'm sure you're familiar with Lynn McTaggart's great work and her intention experiment. And I remember quite a few years ago when, she, when intention experiment first came out, she talked about geomagnetic activity, yeah. um, during when she was doing the experiment with the group and she noticed a pattern that now this is where I always, and I was trying to find it today where when it's noisy. She refers to it as being noisy. Solar activity is noisy. We are more inclined, I hope I'm getting this right, to receive. Our receiving channel tends to be stronger, which would kind of make sense to me. I hope I'm right. And when it's quiet, our sending channel, meaning intending at that time when it appears to be quiet or when it's when the geomagnetic activity is lessened, Correct me if I'm wrong, because I want to really elaborate on that. That's That was powerful yeah. information. Yeah, I know Lynn's work. Um, she's amazing. Uh, I'm not sure if it's specific to receiving and sending. I think things get harder to, uh, you know, when, when there's activity, regardless whether you're send, receiving or emitting, uh, mm -hmm. in my personal opinion. Also, another thing to remember, it's not just your energy field and your magnetic field it's also the geometry itself you know you have to think about the physical body is a geometric shape is a geometric structure that fits within a larger your energy field is is a coherent geometric shape it has a shape so does everyone else so does the planet you see so does the solar system, so does the, the um, galaxy, so does the universe. And so if you start to think about it this way, it's kind of like the Russian doll. The small doll fits in a bigger doll and a bigger doll. Right. So, so when things are, are in perfect stillness, the smaller geometry is in perfect alignment. It's almost like all the entry and the exit points, whether you're receiving or emitting are oh, all the pathways are perfectly open mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter it's more of your intention that you are either receiving or sending although sometimes you you know try to receive guidance and it's it's coming in choppy it can be very difficult yeah, yeah and absolutely. as the days you get get you ask for guidance and boom it just comes super clear why right. Why? What That's happened? Why on Monday? Why on Monday? You know, I can get a very clear, super strong answer to something, and then the next day it's like, what? What? Say that again? You know, so it, it's not like something's wrong with you. It's like every, all energy is moving. Everything is moving, moving, moving. So, so that's why you have to kind of catch, or at least try. That's the idea of the meditation: align the zero points within your geometry with the larger geometry so when the larger geometry is a mess you know it's hard 
for you to be in balance and to receive anything or send anything. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I think it works in both ways. Yeah. No, I understand. I've heard others talk about the just the, the sheer difficulty when it's, I use the term like Lynn, noisy. Yeah. It can be difficult uh, perhaps on both sides. But I do remember specifically during her experiment, she talked about ascending and receiving and ideal conditions for one channel versus the other. So in any case, I think, you know, the bottom line, what I'm picking up from this, this is great, by the way, I hope you guys are enjoying it is to take notice of on those days where things seem to be in sync, synchronicity, uh, or you feel like your receiving channel is very strong, to maybe make note, do a little bit of research and see where we are. Was noisy today? Was it extremely quiet today? What may have been going on in my surroundings? So it can be replicated if possible. So we know what days uh, we should be really focusing on intending and, and, uh, or receiving, right? Yeah, except that, you know, some things that are global, again, whether it's AI hitting mm -hmm, us with weird true. frequency, you know what I mean? Like that's beyond our, you know, but also strangely enough, uh, the weather, the weather itself, not that when it's dark, it's depressing and when it's sunny, you feel good. No, I mean, a little bit beyond that. Yeah. The actual, again, magnetism in the air when, uh, you know, it's cloudy versus something else. There's all kinds of chemistry in the atmosphere that literally affects you physiologically, you know, more again than just being depressed when it's, when it's rainy. Uh, so, so in other words, your entire mechanism starts to be affected. So for those who are sensitive, you know, and I'm not saying everybody should move to a place that's always sunny because even in places that are sunny, there are other things in the air, in no the atmosphere. You see to what say I mean? the least, right? Yeah. So there's a lot, you know, I mean, you know, it's like, where do you, how do you even survive? You know, it's like, it, it's exhausting. And again, I'm not like, I, I struggle with this myself. I have days I just can't function, mm -hmm. you know, and I've been doing this my whole life. I, you know, so I have all the tools, you know, possible. And, but I know now that if I just lie down, you know, during those few hours or whatever, it goes away. I mean, it, eventually it'll pass. And also, so having that clarity helps a lot. Uh, and so, because we're dealing with a lot, we're mm -hmm. dealing and we're dealing in addition to the astronomical events and the non uh, and the artificial ones, we also have the collective consciousness. Absolutely. You know, what people are putting out there, you know, the new laws, you know, without going into the politics, you know, that, that get uh, the things, you know, the news, the way people are, um, you know, some, some mall shooting or this or that, the people, how people are reacting. And we know from the random number generator experiments, we know that the collective consciousness has an, an effect. Absolutely. No question. So you can only imagine those that are sensitive who have a propensity to tie into that collective uh, unwittingly, we, we should say, can only imagine when the, the collective is really in a tizzy, what it does for sensitives. So, or what it does to sensitives, I should say. Really, really fascinating stuff. Yeah, we know there's a, there's a lot going on and we're at an unprecedented time with an unprecedented a number of things happening at once. So we really have to kind of live on the offensive 
and, uh, and, and protect ourselves. Let's spend a little bit of time looking at the clock because Caroline has a hard stop today. So we're, and by the way, we are going to Patreon. She has a hard stop, but I'm not letting her go until we go to Patreon. So after shows coming up, so stick with us. But as we uh, round out this conversation, I want to touch on sticking with the geomagnetic activity being unprecedented of late and some of the phenomena, anomalies, high strangeness that have also been reported across the board, even just, just UFO sightings. For, for us, it's just UFO sightings, but not just that. Maybe even abductions. All manner of anomaly seems to be intensified during these times. Tell me what you know on that, Caroline. You know, to be honest, I don't know if it's uh, if it's really intensified only in those times. I just feel that people are more aware, more conscious. It's kind of like they notice more things. I think these things are happening all the time. It's more, you know, our propensity. Like, like you know, we we're kind of more open to to noticing these things because we are in this strange state you know we're not in this uh typical like uh, mundane or whatever routine and so so i feel it's more about that that's my personal opinion uh but if you're asking if things have accelerated recently uh again i i feel like it's more the general awareness that um you know these things are happening have happened continue to happen that is making that it's giving it a momentum. It's giving it more that it's real and it's becoming more and more real. And so, and the more the collective puts puts its attention on it, the more we hear about uh, new stuff coming up. So that's again, that's my take on it. I that's think, this, yeah. yeah. No, I I hear you. I've heard people say that. I don't know. The jury's out as far as I'm concerned as to what what came first, the chicken or the egg. But the bottom line is, you made a very good point. Even if it's just not, not an accelerated amount of activity, but the awareness has accelerated, yes. actually trigger more activity. Yes. Did I hear you right? Correct. Oh, yes, because what happens is that you know, don't forget, it's it's not believe. Uh, seeing is believing it's more believing is seeing mm -hmm. so the more you put out the energy or the belief that you you're starting to believe that there is something strange going on I, you know you are convinced you don't know what it is but you're a lot more open the more you invite it in and so so people who are not clear on this how do you create is it get created was it already there so you have to realize that as a potential, of course, it's already there. But the more you believe, the more you attract. Absolutely. You attract it. So it's not like you made it up or you make it appear. It's, it was already there in mm -hmm. the world of probability, meaning uh, the potential you know, of it being there. And so, so that's why the more you believe, the more your vibration is saying, I know it's there, I know it's there, which is a specific frequency versus I don't believe it's there. So that frequency is closer to physical manifestation. Sure. Does that make sense? So whatever's here is not going to show up down here. But as soon as you're speaking at this level, that is the physical manifestation, which is 1100 hertz. And so when you're constantly 
vibrating there, then you invite uh, the matching frequency. Of and course. that's why things materialize more. I, I absolutely agree. But I'm going to play a little devil's advocate. I agree with you. I think you're absolutely spot on. However, how would we account for, and I know for me, I have talked to quite a few folks uh, who are not of this ilk, if you will, believing or disbelieving, not even thinking about it, that are being suddenly hit with activity of all kinds. And I'm not talking about physical symptoms. I'm talking about visits. Yeah, Whether yeah. It, so, so, yeah, it's... I mean, that's the same answer to many people who mm -hmm. are like in a completely different career, you know, not even paying attention to anything paranormal or anything like that. And all of a sudden they have this near death experience or something crazy. And so, so to me, to me, that still has to do with the individual uh, kind of on a subconscious level. They may have said, I don't believe in this. Or I'm not going there. But on a subconscious level, a part of them, you know, uh, is is wanting to know, uh, you know. So so that's the problem. We don't know how we create. the The conscious mind says, "I want to create an experience." The subconscious mind is saying, "I'm not ready. I'm not ready." So those people are, or it would be too scary, or whatever. So those people will not create anything because. Uh, the conscious mind is saying one thing, the subconscious is saying the opposite. Now, there are people, it's the exact opposite. Consciously, they're saying, no, no, I don't believe it. But subconsciously, they're saying, well, what if? If I have a physical visitation, I will believe. Do you see what I'm saying? And so they keep going back and forth, back and forth. Eventually, the subconscious mind, you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Eventually, they create according to what they thought was impossible because consciously they weren't aware that a part of them really, really, really wanted to have that experience. I think Is there are probably many more of those. That's my surmise. If we could only, I, I was just having this thought the other day, Caroline, if we could only bring our subconscious uh, into alignment with our conscious mind, so much of what we go through, we wouldn't have to. If we could bring about at least an equilibrium, even be aware of the subconscious reality that is a part of us. That's a big subject for me, another subject for another time. But yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I've developed a whole methodology. My energy medicine methodology is all based on that. Because once you bring up what's in your subconscious, then you know what's been blocking you. That's the root cause of all the problems. And so, but for those who, you know, who are interested can look into it, but even as a general rule, you know, to know what's in your subconscious mind, you do have to get yourself into a meditative state and just intend, intend for your subconscious thoughts to become conscious, mm. you know, every day, you know, of course, you know, if you want more of a protocol and, you know, people can study the methodology and stuff like that. But even as a daily thing, like, for example, I want to create, I want to, I don't know, sell my new book or something, whatever, whatever, or I want to create abundance or relationships or whatever. So as you are saying that in the morning, setting your intention for the day, you can also intend and say, I know there must be <laughs> some subconscious blocks specific to that intention. I mean, be specific. Don't make it 
your whole life. Just one thing, mm -hmm. write a book, um, uh, attract a relationship, uh, buy a house, uh, whatever, you know. So then focus on this one and say, show me, let me feel, see, sense the subconscious blocks that are stopping me, preventing me from this particular manifestation. And so you start to feel things, you know, if you're sent, if you sit with it without, again, following a very specific protocol, ask to feel, see, sense these things and just sit with it. You, you'd be surprised. You may start to have visions of something that happened when you were younger. You may feel, for example, I don't know what's going on, but I see my mother show up. Hmm, what's that about? What does she have to do with me writing a book? You see what I mean? I absolutely, so I think it's brilliant. Yeah, you start to feel, you bring up stuff that you think has nothing to do with it and don't dismiss it, go with it because that you just ask the question, show me stuff that's subcon subconscious. It means it's not going to make sense. You know, it's, it's doing its own thing in the background. And so, so if I like, if I see, again, let's pretend I see my mother out of nowhere and I start to, well, what does she have to do with me writing a book? I start to feel judged, for example, mm -hmm. I, I start understand. to feel anger coming from her. For example, you start to, you start to have the experience that became a subconscious block. Mm -hmm. I got it. So I love then it. You clear it, you clear it, and then you breathe it out of your cells, and then you say again, I want to write a book. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So you're really asking for two things. You're intending for whatever goal you're trying to achieve, but you're also inviting yes. the subconscious to come in assuming that in, in nine times out of 10, maybe 10 times out of 10, there is a subconscious um, counter thought yeah. Yeah. that needs to be addressed, particularly yeah. if you've been intending for a long time and nothing's coming to fruition. So, exactly. but you just want to make sure yes. that it's not noisy, geomagnetically noisy. I'm being a bit facetious when you're intending. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Sure and that's, conditions are right. <laughs> no, no. And that's the reason why there's a protocol. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Like, for example, the protocol walks you very specifically, you know, to a specific state of consciousness. How do you know it's you? How do you know you didn't project? How do you know it's your subconscious? How, you know, all this discernment, all this clarity. So that's what I was saying. Like, if you're serious about it, you follow a specific protocol mm -hmm. until you get it, until you get so used to recognizing, okay, this was noise. This isn't me. This is this, uh, you know, this is not my spirit guide. It's some weird stuff going on. And so, so that, yeah, because there's a lot of that. I want to talk about it. We got to talk about it. I'm sorry, not to let you go. You just hit something big time. Yeah. Voices in the head. Yeah. This is something you just serendipitously hit on something that is connected to all that we've been talking about today. For sure thought streams of consciousness voices in the head that seem and i and i'm going to get really serious here some people have reported voices saying do something to yourself to hurt your to harm you yeah, yeah. that extreme guys yeah. you may have heard of it let's talk about that too this all goes in with the package of the crap that so many people are navigating right now where are those quote voices or thoughts streams of thoughts coming from 
Yeah, again, that's the first thing that uh, I worked on, you know, because I used to hear see, send stuff since I was a kid. Yeah. And so the biggest thing was, well, how do I know I didn't make this up? How do I know I'm not crazy? How do you know? And especially when you are working with someone and you're, you see the root cause of like their cancer or something really serious. And then I felt a huge responsibility to be talking about these things. And, and I wanted to make sure that I was discerning it for myself, that it wasn't any part of me, uh, subconscious or otherwise, that wasn't projecting. And so because of that, that's why it took me a long time to create a protocol for discernment. Because uh, in your thoughts, because we're not trained to master our mind, we're not trained, nobody teaches us uh, about the subconscious and what's going on. So we have many thoughts and many things generated in our brains. So, so uh, you have the conscious thoughts. For example, right now, I'm consciously intending to speak, to, to deliver my message. At the same time, I have conscious thoughts that are still sitting in the background. But I could also, on a day, I'm talking as in general, on a daily basis, there's also mind chatter of what happened this morning or what's going to happen in an hour when I have this meeting or when I go to lunch or this and that. And sometimes it could be very simple. And that's you. That's still your subconscious, your, that's still your conscious mind projecting in a past, present, future constantly. On top of that, <laughs> you are still connected to your guidance. So you have your guides trying to tell you, kind of keep guiding you uh, on what to do today to keep you on your higher purpose. But you are so chit-chatting all the time with yourself that normally you don't hear those voices. In addition to this, you have the beings that are trying to mess with you. And so you have a lower vibration, when, especially when uh, with alcohol and drugs, when, when you are not in full mastery of your brain, this is where those uh, beings come in and they see that they, and they, they're going to, they find your specific fears uh, so, and they're going to uh, literally kind of, uh, they're inside, it's going to feel like it's inside your brain and uh, they start to tell you things. Uh, that obviously are dark or evil or harmful. I mean, obviously, the human mind does not have in its DNA a self-destructive pattern. It's the opposite because it's made according to a divine principle, which is self-preservation and self-evolution, thriving. That's the DNA. That's the original human DNA. So if something is telling you to self-destruct, it didn't come from your original essence. It's yeah. as simple as that. It's an entity that's floating around in your space. Mm -hmm. Just like the solar flares touch, affect your brains, they are, they are messing with the energy. They're sending you the signals through the magnetic field into your brain channels. Makes a lot of sense. Well. Mental illness. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I'm pausing, guys, because this could take us down a rabbit hole that we're not going to have time to get into. Maybe we can get into this a little bit more in the after show. How about that? Because I know we're going to need to to wrap wrap this up. Oh, my God. That's what we're going to do. We're going to the after show. We're going to take this part of the conversation. I think it's more appropriate for there anyway. So please do join us over there. But we're not going to go yet. we got a few more minutes. I want to, speaking of Patreon, I want to pose a question uh, from one of our patrons, um, uh, David Lyell, who is a, a, a love, and he's been very active in our community. He says, greetings to you, Caroline. Greetings, Alexis. He has a two-part question for you, Caroline. The first question is, did you receive any downloads during your meditations when you were filming, what, a tear in the sky? If so, were the downloads a jump ahead into the present day of where we are as empaths? Yeah, when I was filming A Tear in the Sky and uh, even in pre-production, I was relying (laughs) a little bit on the downloads because I was surrounded by, you know, scientists and a group of people who didn't believe in it and didn't want to go there. And I, and for me, it's a natural process. So during the film and for the sake of the film, I wanted to make sure we were going to make in contact with something, capture something, because it was a huge production. It was a huge expense, a huge preparation. I mean, it was so much work. And so I was kind of reaching out and asking for these downloads. And the first download that I got was the date. It was July 14th. Something was going to happen July 14th. And that's, that's exactly what happened. The first we were we set up there from July 12th to the 16th, and uh, nothing happened the first two days. And the first capture was on July 14th. So, so, so I know. And in fact, through the process, um, you know, I, I kept getting the different downloads, including, by the way, the title itself. Yeah, I called Eter in the Sky two years ago. So and. Uh, and I knew that was going to be the title. And sure enough, for those who watched the movie, we end up capturing on camera a tear, a wormhole I know. Uh, type. So so things like that uh, would happen all the time. Wow, that's but great. We, his question about empath, I didn't get. Do you want me to repeat that? Um, Did I get a, a download? Specific? Did you receive any downloads during your meditations when you were filming? a tear in the sky. And if so, were those downloads, I think he's saying, did they include a jump ahead into the present day of where we are as sensitives, as empaths, anything included there? It was during the filming was mostly about the filming and the outcome and where this was going, because I really went into it pretty blindly from a conscious point of, you know, from a 3D, let's say. So during the filming, it was more about that and the impact it was going to have or should have and how it was contributing to the overall uh, disclosure and bringing the truth mm-hmm. to the planet. So it was more about along those lines during the filming. But okay. of course, uh, every, t- I mean, I meditate every day. It's part of my work. And so I get every day all sorts of um, information mm-hmm. about the empath. And that's how I, that's everything that I'm telling you right now 
you know, because it doesn't make sense that I'm perfectly healthy. So is everybody else. I mean, a lot of people and to all of a sudden be totally destabilized to the point of not being able to function. So when things like this happen, I have to stop and really, really understand what is the root what's cause, going what's on. going on. This right. is just not normal behavior, you know? And so that's how I, I know about all of this stuff. I can see it. I can see how the collective moves. Now it's, it's, it, I get all of these downloads and I understand it on a deep cellular level that I can discern it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm, oh, mm -hmm. now it's this going on or now it's that going on. Right. You know? And you need to do that. You really need to, to dedicate yourself because it can be so confusing and you think you may know what the impetus is and it's not. So I appreciate that. And I hope a lot of you guys listening will uh, will maybe investigate a little bit more like Caroline has done. So let me, I tell you what I'm going to do because we're running out of time. I'm going to take uh, David had a second question. I'm going to take that as well over to the after show because I know he'll be listening over there. And again, I'm inviting all of you to come on over. It's a great way to support higher journeys to keep us going and growing. And yeah, we've got a great catalog, including uh, more after shows with Caroline, because she's been on one, two, three, four. I don't know how many times now, but <laughs> she's a regular at this point. So please join us over there. Uh, Caroline, like tear in the sky, guys, this girl is tearing it up. <laughs> What's you? I mean, every time I turn around, there's another accolade being bestowed upon this great film of yours. What's the latest happening there? And then lastly, tell tell us where people can find it. Yeah, it's been doing fantastic. I mean, it's, yeah, just people should uh, just uh, keep supporting. I feel like more and more people are supporting, uh, which is what we need, because uh, the idea of this film is to also be able to bridge to uh, the gap with the mainstream. And so the more people post, uh, you know, good reviews and things, the more it encourages people who are not familiar with the subject to kind of open up to it and to get educated on how we made this film in a scientific way mm -hmm. and what we've discovered. And I don't know if I told you actually the latest, and probably not, but since the film, you know, for those who have not watched it, you have to watch it at the end. We literally discover an opening and closing uh, in the, in the, that none of the scientists can figure out. Since the, um, since the film was finished, the scientists continue to investigate, talking to many other scientists. What could this be? What could this... Nobody has to date a plausible explanation to, for, for this uh, phenomenon, mm -hmm. an opening and closing with a bunch of little objects mm -hmm. coming out of it. So, And no one has seen uh, something like this since, Caroline? No one has seen, no. And also, no, like even if it's an atmospheric, you know, maybe it's not a portal, we don't know. Even if it's an atmospheric thing, not one scientist is able to tell us, oh yeah, we've seen this when blah, 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 you know, or in outer space. And we, nobody can, uh, can do this to date after the film's been out for three months now. And we have filed a uh, re request to, you know, through the Freedom of Information Act, mm -hmm. uh, trying to get satellite images, long story short, um, just to get more data on that particular phenomenon. Uh, long story short, it, it basically it's rejected because it's classified. Oh, oh. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. The plot thickens, thickens. guys. 
Exactly. Wow. Because why, okay, so, I mean, maybe they're doing some military thing, I mean, whatever, maybe it's related, maybe it's not related, but that particular incident in that location, those coordinates and that time, uh, they told us it's classified. So whether it's related or not, there's something going on there. There's something going on. And we, captured it. FOIA. Mm. And we, we captured it on camera. I mean, in a phenomenal way. You have to see this film. You have to see the film. <laughs> of course, we'll have a link. Of course, we'll have a link. You got to see it. Yeah. yeah. com probably is the best. Eterinthesky.com. Got it. I'll or make sure on, put it on the screen as well. Caroline, thank you. Woo, this was packed, chock full. This is one of those shows you're going to have to listen to, watch, I should say. And some of you that in the podcast community listening to again and again and again, because there was a lot of stuff in there. Caroline, you never disappoint, girl. You never <laughs> disappoint, my friend. I'm so appreciative of you. Thank you for your wisdom as always. And um, keep it up. Keep the discovery going. That's what we're here for. Thanks so much. This was awesome. Thanks. This is great. And we're going to see you all next door, I hope. For the Patreon after show coming right up. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Love you. Talk to you soon. <laughs>